Portobello, Edinburgh's seaside. This is a thriving, growing community with people doing all sorts of interesting things in the arts, sport and heritage. They all have their stories to tell, which is why we have the Portie Podcast. For the last 21 years, Maureen Child has represented Portobello and Craig Miller on the City of Edinburgh Council. It's been a challenging experience, especially now when increasing pressures are being placed on local authorities, thanks to reduced budgets and reforms to what they can do. It's been a hallmark of her time that Maureen's been content to steer from behind, letting local people, local communities, take credit for changes that have happened in their areas. Her philosophy can be summed up by the question... What matters to you? She's just confirmed that she's going to stand for the council again in 2017, at an age, forgive me Maureen, when many people would be content to sit back a little. So I asked her why. First thought, must be mad, but I enjoy what I do. I thoroughly enjoy what I do. I like helping people. I like ensuring that people are empowered and able to do what they need to do, as long as it's in the common good, it's for the, the good of the community. I enjoy it, the frustration at times and and uh, challenges, huge challenges. But as long as there's still breath in my body, I want to be able to continue to contribute to the community in which I live and the communities that I love. Um, and there's some amazing people in Portobello, Craig Miller and surrounding area that I feel really do need to not just be heard, but their needs and their wishes to serve their community need to be celebrated and encouraged. There are some councillors who like, if you like, to take the credit for everything. But your philosophy seems to me to be that you like to steer from behind and give credit to the communities and the things that individuals and groups achieve. Absolutely. And and that's where I started off was saying to people, you can do this. If you want a campaign, this is what you need to do. Here's the tools for the job. Here's what might be might be possible. Here's what might not be possible. But generally, let's let's have a go. Let's try. I remember the first campaign I got involved in 1995 was in the shadow year when I was first elected. There was a decision that seemed to me didn't feel a, a part of that we were not going to refurbish Portobello Baths, that the money was not in there in the budget, capital budget, for that year. And I just let a few people know locally, and before you knew it, you had a petition of 1,500 signatures in a campaign that was absolutely amazing. And all I said at the Policy and Resources Committee of the then council, which I wasn't a part of because this was the shadow year, if you think we are going to celebrate in 1996 the amalgamation of Portobello with the city of Edinburgh, I think you need to think again about whether you invest in something that was given to the people of Portobello at that time and just asking that question. But I would not take credit for the refurbishment of Portobello Baths because that wasn't all me. I didn't lead from front in that in any way, shape or form. And I've carried on as as I started doing that kind of thing. People come to me with a passion about something, either against or for. And they say, well, this is what you can do. We might not succeed. Uh, it might lead to something unintended. And I, I believe that it's the people of Portobello that have made Portobello much greater than it was 20, 25 years ago or 30 years ago or when I came here, which was in 1973. 
we in the early 80s were doing a lot of things that were trying to, to stop stuff happening. And we didn't stop the bypass Harry Lauder Road being built. Nevertheless, the Portobello Reporter started, the Amenity Society started, and so did the Community Council. And we've gone from strength to strength till then. And I, I believe all communities can do this. I believe Craig Miller did that in the 1970s with the Craig Miller Festival Society, which for seven years was entirely voluntary in a, an area of social deprivation, an area that was told, you can't do this, nobody can do this. You, you can't wrest power from the professionals. And I believe it's the partnership between professionals in council, health service, voluntary sector, in concert with people that are giving their time and energies and expertise for nothing. It's not for nothing. Because you build the social capital that makes people want to live in the area that you represent. And I have a role in that. And you could say it's a leadership role, but it's very much from behind. But there are so many community-based things happening here in Portobello. Everything from the sailing, kayaking, rowing club to Triporty to the Save Belfield campaign. There is just so much in the way of common activity, if you can put it like that which brings people together. Absolutely. And and the more these kinds of things happen, the more strength that we've got. So the Save Belfield campaign has built on the energies and expertise and confidence of a whole range of people that live here, came to live here, are accepted as living here. And I believe any community can do that. Any community group can can do what they they've done. They just need to have the confidence and the ability to bring people on board. I mean, I suppose one of the roles I've had, and because I was involved in Portobello Reporter from the early 1980s to 1990, was that I do have the skills and expertise to communicate what's going on. So the update that now has 1,600 people by email, who now I do weekly, telling people what's going on and I accentuate constantly the positive news of what's going on. So I don't say somebody got broken into or there's a bunch of youngsters running running a mock or something bad has happened. Those things are reported in the news every day so you know we don't need to get to know about it. We don't need to demoralize people. We have to say here here's what we can do about it. Something bad has happened but let's go for it and see if we can make a difference, see if we can make a positive difference. And I think if you accentuate the positive as constantly as you possibly can, people are empowered. And I think recent events nationally, internationally, have shown that that is the case. People can be empowered if you constantly talk up the positive. And that's not to ignore bad stuff that happens. In We know that bad stuff happens, but you don't make it better by telling the world's going to hell in a handcart. But one thing you've been quite keen to see is to actually give more power to these community groups by, if you like, passing down responsibility for the funding mm. as well. Mm. How is that actually going to work? Well, that has worked in the last two years when we had a You Decide participatory budgeting process, which is you decide which local organisations should get small pots of funding, and it is small pots of funding that we've been dealing with at the present. People do think that all you need is the money, and we talk about stuff, it's about setting up another project or the amount of money you spend on something. But a lot of stuff can happen 
good stuff, particularly at local level, really small pots of money. And the process whereby people decide, the you decide process that we've done in the last couple of years, you realise this has happened over the world many, many, many times. But it's the process whereby people decide. It's bringing people together, ensuring that they know what each other is doing in the community. And there's a cross-fertilisation. So, for example, someone working in Vintage Vibes, providing opportunities for older people, is beside somebody who's trying to raise funds for their own playgroup. Well, we discover that one of the mums is looking for a volunteering opportunity and said, oh, this is a great organisation, I'll volunteer for them. And because of the way that we did it the last time, through coloured dots, as it were, you could see how many votes Vintage Vibes was not getting, as opposed to the toddler's hut. So they go over and say, look, we've filled the space, there's loads of votes. It's not just one organisation that's going to get the funding, it's a lot of organisations. There were only three or four that missed out that, that year. But it's the buzz in the room that's so important. And that sort of mirrors the kind of buzz in the room that there is in the community. We want to create more and more and more opportunities to do that sort of thing. And I would be in, in support of the kind of Paris initiative, which actually took a whole slice of the capital programme for Paris. And I don't think they're struggling for money as much as we are. But Anne Hildago, who's the mayor of Paris and her, her deputy, one of her deputies is responsible for the, the PB process in Paris. Huge swathes of money. They work on projects, they work them up, and then the people vote and the people decide whether you live in Paris or you work in Paris. It would be fantastic to do something like that in Edinburgh, but we would have to have the capital funding available to do that. It might be possible to do it with the roads budget, for example. And we have done it in a small way with the environment project. A slice of the roads budget has been devolved to local communities, and we've made a lot of difference in local communities with pathways and bits and pieces, the electrical supply, for example, to the Portobello market in Portobello. That's one of these projects. But I think where I've fallen down, where many of us have fallen down, is is not promoting those projects and see local people decided that. The participatory budgeting, you decide process, would be a way of making us more conscious of what good we've done with, with even small pots of money. You, you've been talking about volunteering, and of course there is the Porty Time Bank, which is an important part of that. Can you just describe that? Yeah, Porty Time Bank start, had a bit of a stuttering start about a couple of years ago, but it really has taken off in Portobello, and, and Portobello is fertile ground for it. It's where people give their time. We've done three cleanups, or is it four cleanups, of the Brunston Burn Walkway digging stuff out of the burn, cutting down branches and litter picking. It was an absolute mess. It was a real tip. And Portobello Time Bank came together to do that collectively. But say you are really good at sewing and somebody doesn't have a sewing machine and can't take up the hem of their dress, you might do that for someone and they might bake you cookies. <laughs> so there's a swapping of time husband and I were talking about this, it goes back to the way we, we used to organise babysitting in the 80s in, in Portobello. We had 50 members of a babysitting club and there were tickets. One hour tickets, yellow tickets and two hours blue tickets and you would babysit for somebody when, when there was a party on for them and they would babysit for you. It's the same kind of principle. You do stuff for some somebody on a voluntary basis and they do stuff for you and you don't need money in order to do that. 
it's worth remembering that your responsibility, your geographic responsibility, isn't just Portobello. It's out into Craig Miller as well. Yeah. And one of the things you've been particularly pleased to see develop has been the Thistle Foundation. Is that right? Yeah. The Thistle Foundation is the organisation for which I did an abseil. Being scared of heights, I managed to abseil from the fourth rail bridge and raised, I think it was £1,500. They have built a new centre for well-being. It's been an organisation that's been on the go for 70 years and was kind of parachuted in, as I understand it, into Craig Miller as a deprived area. And there were hedges around it. And local people would tell you that as kids, they weren't allowed to go in there because that's where the wheelchair people were and the people that were veterans from the Second World War. So it was very much sort of great and good idea. There's a Robin Chapel there, an A-listed chapel. It didn't come across as an organisation that was outward-looking. But they have become an organisation that's very much outward-looking and ensuring that local people can go there or welcome there. And one of the main things they say to people is they don't ask, what's the matter with you? They say, what matters to you? I have used that mantra again and again and again. Not the deficit model of, oh dear, I can't get out, my family's falling apart, whatever, and I have a long-term health condition. You're a human being, you have a life, and life is for living. What matters to you? What do you want to achieve? And I just think that is just such an empowering concept that I've been using it time and time and time again. As we were moving through very difficult times in local government, budgets are shrinking, we have to say constantly, not what's the matter with you, but what matters to us, what really matters in terms of delivery of service, what matters and what we are doing together as a local community. It goes back to the saving, if you like, of the Victorian baths. If that matters to you, let's see if we can make a difference. So in a sense, is that your kind of vision of how you see the next few years develop? It's what matters to people. Yeah. If it matters, then what can we do together to enable you to feel that you've made a difference? And if what matters to you is in the common interest and the common good of your community, and many, many people care about the communities and the neighbourhoods in which they live, it's not just a matter of telling truth to power, saying, you're the councillor, you go fix it. It's, we're in this together. How can we fix it? If this matters to you, if this community matters to you, if your environment matters to you, what can you do and what can I do? And what can we do together to help? Richard, thank you very much. Thank you.